We are continuing in the 40 days of prayer. We started on the first day of the month. So what day is today? 15th. 15th. So it's the 15th day of our 40 days. So how many days do we have left? 25. Just checking math. How are you guys doing out there? 40 minus 15. All right. Uh, so we are. We're not even halfway through, which is, uh, for me, exciting. So, I mean, if you haven't participated, there's still opportunity to participate. You can go to, uh, on our website, we have a link that will allow you to register, uh, cmalliance.org. You can go to the, to the denominations website, and there's a place there. Uh, and you get the, the devotions a week at a time, and they send you, and you got them all week. If you would like them printed, we had some printed copies of the devotions this morning, and they are, they are gone. The first service took them all. And so, may, I don't know, maybe you should come to the first service. Um, I, just throwing that out there. Um, but they, they took the ones that we had printed. If you would like one printed and don't have means to do that, uh, let Judy in the office know and we will print some more. And we'll be glad to do that. So uh, we had someone that said, hey, uh, you know, why don't you guys print some of these up? And we're like, well, well we didn't, why didn't we think of that? That's a great idea. And so if you need some, let us know. Uh, as well as the devotionals and the prayer guides that come with this on Tuesday evenings at 8 o'clock, you can register for a, a live stream and participate in prayer with uh, a bunch of other folks that have registered for this live stream. And so that there's also a link for that that you can click on and register, and they give you the uh, way to, to be part of that. And again, that's Tuesdays at 8 o'clock online. And then on day 40, we will close this 40 days of prayer with a gathering here, and we will connect via live stream with many other churches around the country and even around the world uh, as a service is led, a prayer time and worship and devotional time is, is led, and we will join it on, on via live stream and be part of that. And so I encourage you to be here on February 9th, day 40, uh, at 7 o'clock as we celebrate together as a denomination. This past week was prayer as kingdom partnership, and last Sunday we looked at uh, the fact that the, that the thread of the kingdom of God is woven throughout the entirety of Scripture, and it's there in creation, it's there through the, the nation of Israel, uh, it's there with Jesus, it's there in the church, and even today as we are the church, and then it's there for what is coming, future events that are coming, and that the kingdom of God is through all of that. And last week we talked about recognizing his presence and submitting to his authority as our king. Uh, we talked about submitting to his ways because they are higher than ours. His will be done. Uh, we acknowledge that it's not for a time somewhere then, but that we experience Jesus now. We experience the kingdom now and it lasts for all of eternity. And that his kingdom is not meant to be hidden. That we have the opportunity to share the kingdom of God with others. And so that's what we talked about last week. Uh, today we are looking at prayers petition. And, uh, as, and that's what the devotions this week will be about, prayers, petition, and what that means and what that looks like. So, uh, so I'm going to ask you this question. Do you remember as a kid when you wanted to ask your parents for something? Some of you were like, well, I'm still a kid and I want to ask my parents for something. Um, did, did you ever kind of scheme or think of ways, how, what would be the best way to do this? Do you ever do something special? Like to, that you knew that maybe they would probably enjoy it if you did this or that that might help them 
give you the answer. Uh, was I, anyone else, anyone do that? Don't be ashamed. I see some hands like want to raise their hand, but I had a friend, I had a friend in middle school and high school, and he was, he was just great at this. He was great at this. Um, whenever he wanted something, uh, if I'd stay the night at his house, and he'd be like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm, like, I'm doing this. He'd go, well, can I come with you and do something too? And I'm like, I don't care. You got to ask your mom. And so he was notorious. He would clean the house. He would clean the house. I, maybe his mom's love language was acts of acts of giving. I don't know, something like that. But he, he would clean the house. And it was amazing because even as a middle school or high school boy, he could clean the house. I mean, he was good at it. He could vacuum. And he'd try to get me to help him, you know, I, depending on if I really wanted to keep hanging out with him or not. Um, but, you know, Greg, but he would, he would. And so mom would get home from wherever she was. And I mean, as soon as she walked in, she could tell he, he's done, he's clean. He wants something. He wants something, right? He wants it. She, he didn't even have to ask. She just knew. Oh, he wants something. Anyone else? Anything like that? So, yeah. So we, aren't you glad that that's not the God we serve? That's not the God we serve. We, we, we don't have to do things for him to then be able to ask of him. And so this week as we look at prayer's petition... I want us to think about God's heart and think about our heart and how we ask for things. So Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 12 says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then later manuscripts add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, as we look into your word today, we ask that you will open our hearts to receive from your spirit. Father, that we would, that nothing would be said that would be contrary to your word, that we would honor you that you would meet each of us individually right where we're at and give us a, a deeper picture of a, what it means to know you and be known by you and to pray according to your will and to ask. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you that Lord, you preserved this prayer that Jesus gave his followers and those that were checking him out. And I thank you that you have preserved it for us to look at today. We ask for your blessings on this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we're specifically looking at verse 11, which says, give us today our daily bread. Uh, when I read this verse, there's two things that, that stands out to me. Uh, Give us today our daily bread. The first one is this. God desires that we trust him daily. God requires or desires that we trust him daily. And then second, that God knows our needs. God knows our needs. So the first one that the Bible teaches us, God desires that we trust him daily. When you look at this, uh, Luke also has, has the prayer, this prayer, Lord's Prayer, uh, in chapter 11 of his book. And he says there, chapter 11, verse 3, give us each day 
our daily bread. So Matthew, give us today our daily bread. Luke says, give us each day our daily bread. Uh, that's the NIV. In, in the King James Version, it says, give us day by day our daily bread. Day by day our daily bread. I, 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 I like that the best. <laughs> I like that the best. Day by day. That means every day we are taking time to recognize because God desires that we recognize he is the one who provides for us on a daily basis, not us. Not us. Now, we, we live in a very affluent culture, don't we? We do. We live in a very affluent culture. And, and we, we have opportunity to work, provide, take care of ourselves. A lot of us. Uh, most of us in here did not have to worry about a place for protection last Thursday when those storms came through. We, we had a place. Most of us all, we, we had a place. We had a shelter that we could go to. Most all of us do. And, and so it's not even a worry about that. You know, when we, when, where are we going to go? I'm, I'm going to go home and I know where I'm going to be. I have that. Most of us, even yesterday, uh, we, we didn't really have to think about food. We, we probably had plenty of food yesterday to eat. Most of us, I would say, in here. Plenty of food. Or at least access to food. We, we, we could get some food. We, it's not something we have to worry about. It's not something that we had to think about. All, all of us are dressed this morning. Thank you. Um, thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, all of us are dressed this morning. And, and we got up and probably had to even process through, what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear today? And not only that, we're, we're probably going to go home after this and put on something different. And then tonight when it's time to settle down, we'll put on something else. We'll, pro we'll probably change multiple times today because we don't have to wor we don't worry about those things. We are blessed. We, we, we have. God has given to us. And so we don't necessarily always think about God giving to us day by day. Now, I would say few of us consider ourselves rich. But we also don't have to worry about our daily needs. All of these things are basic physical need. God provides and he does it day by day. So do we look to him for our daily needs? Or, or, or do we recognize that they come from him? Day by day? Each day? Today? And are we thankful for that? When, when I think about this, it, it takes me to the story in, in Exodus chapter 16. It says, The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. So, nation of Israel in Egypt, they were heading out, they moved out, they are now in the desert. And this is what it says. Exodus 16, second verse. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they, they, are to prepare what they bring in and that it's to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. 
So in Egypt, they didn't have to worry about food. They, I don't even know. I mean, it doesn't look like, it doesn't sound like that they recognized it came from God. They ate all they wanted. We sat around and ate much of meat. Well, that sounds kind of fun. But that's what they did. They didn't have to worry about it. They had plenty to eat. And now they're like, okay, we have nothing. And so we have to, we have to now trust that God's going to provide for this every day. And that's what God does. He says, I'm going to do just enough. I'm going to give you exactly what you need. Day by day, I'm going to provide it each day. So then in the New Testament, it makes me think farther down in chapter 6. We're, we're reading the Lord's Prayer there in 6, but, but farther down in verse 25. It says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into this fire, will he not that much more clothe you, you of little faith? And so I read this because most of us in here, we don't, we don't worry about this. But do we recognize? Do we recognize that we don't worry about this because of God's blessings on us? When we recognize that it's God that gives us our daily bread, our basic needs, our faith grows. We have to do it day by day. It's day by day. The second thing, as I said, that we see here, the Bible teaches us that God knows our needs. God knows our needs. Not, not, not only does, is it God who that provides for us day by day, but he already knows exactly what we need. He knows what we need. Just, just like, I mean, I know my kids. I, I know the difference between them, and I understand them, and I know the things that they need. Sometimes I feel like better than they know. <laughs> Any parents with me? My parents just raised their hand. Um... No, they didn't. God knows what we need. The, the cool thing to me with that is he still wants us to ask. He still wants us to ask. Even, even though that he knows, he still wants us to ask. Back to Exodus 16. Farther down, verse 16 in that, in that chapter 16. It says, this is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Now can you imagine this? You're told this manna from heaven, what in the world is that? It's bread like flaky stuff. It's going to be on the ground. You go out and get it. I can imagine some people who like to eat said, what is this? I'm going to have to get a whole bunch of this to fill my stomach because I need food, you know? And so I can imagine them getting out there and trying to gather like more. I mean, I don't know what an omer is. I didn't look it up, okay? Is it this much? Is it this much? Whatever an omer, whatever. But how much do you think you'd need? I, I read this and, and this where I go, I think of Frosted Flakes. Um, that's the mental picture I get in my head is Frosted Flakes. How much Frosted Flakes would I have to get to feed myself for a day, okay? 
And then there's some of you out there that probably you, you eat a little less than I do. A lot less. Um, and you're like, I really don't need a lot. And look at all these people. And is there really going to be enough? And so I'm only going to take just a little bit. I'm just going to take a little bit. But what's cool is God knows exactly what, he need, what, what we need, each one of us individually, and he gives, and that's exactly how much it was. It was exactly what each person needed. Whether they took a little or whether they took a lot, it was what they needed. Not what they wanted. It was, it was exactly what they needed. And if they took more than they needed, guess what? It was exactly what they needed. And if they tried to save it for the next day, we know what happens if you keep reading. What happened to it? It spoiled. It went bad. He said, no, no. No, no. Not, now you're trusting in you. You're not trusting in me. So I'm going to make that spoil. And guess what? You have to get up early and go out and do it again. Go get your Frosted Flakes. To, to me, this is just absolutely, it's amazing that God knows each of us that well. He knows exactly what we need. So then back to Matthew, the end of Matthew chapter 6. He says, so do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. So what do we do? He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Not tomorrow. Today. Are, are we stopping and remembering God provided for me today? In the next chapter, Matthew 7, 9. And so when I think about these, the needs, now it starts thinking about, okay, these are the needs. He provides, he knows what I need. He provides for me day by day. Of course, then I automatically start thinking about, well, what's the next? The things I want to ask for. The things I feel like I need, but really probably is more like a want, but I feel like I need it. And if you keep going into the next chapter, chapter 7 of Matthew, it says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so now, not only does he know what we need and give us what we need. But now when we ask him, now he, he wants to give us more. He wants to give us good gifts. It, it, it's the whole idea of, of the blessings. What do we deserve? When we go back two weeks ago and hallowed be your name and Pastor Luke said, God is above the sun. He doesn't need anyone. He's his. He's, he's himself. He, he's above the sun. He's above us all. We are below the sun. And, and so who are we? We are nothing without him. And so all that we have are those blessings, these good gifts, and he desires to give us these good gifts. And so when I think about good gifts and him giving or us asking, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. By prayer and petition. So how do we petition God through prayer? Two ways. First is this. The Bible teaches us to petition God boldly when we pray. Petition God 
boldly. Not not only does Jesus teach us here, we have his model of prayer, this is how you pray, but he also lived out a model of prayer in his life. In his life, in his death and resurrection, Jesus showed himself to be a loving and sympathetic Savior who genuinely cares about our needs. Hebrew chapter 4 Verses 14 and 15 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he did not sin. He's experienced what what we've experienced. He knows what it means to have needs. He understands physical needs. He understands those. He's, he's gone through that. And so just, just as he has experienced that, he gives us the example of boldly praying. In the next verse, verse 16, it says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So we approach God's throne of grace with confidence. We approach it boldly we come before him. And so when I think about bold prayers, there's a few different bold prayers and scriptures that I think of. And one, I've shared this one before, it's one of my favorites, and it's the story of Abraham and God and Sodom and Gomorrah, and here they are having this conversation. And God has said, Abraham, I'm going to destroy the cities. And Abraham says, okay, Okay, but what, 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 what if there's 50 righteous people there? What if there's 50 righteous people there, God? If there's 50 righteous people there, you're still going to destroy it? Will you destroy it? And God comes back and he says, okay, okay, if there's 50 righteous people there, I won't destroy it. I won't destroy it. Verse 27 Then Abraham spoke again. Now that I've been so bold to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? This is is just the coolest conversation to me. I love this conversation. You know, here's God, omniscient, knows everything, and yet he's willing to... Abraham, a man like, like, like us, a human like we all are. And he's saying, okay, hold on. In a, in a sense, he's, 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 only, he's trying to, okay, God, you, you have a plan. This is your will. Is there any way you can maybe bend your will just a little bit? May I be so bold? In the New Testament, I think of in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is, is talking. He says, therefore, in order to keep me from be- becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. God, God gave him this thorn. God, God gave it to him and three times he pleaded. I believe he went before God and was bold about this. In asking. Three times I did this. I, I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying. And this is, here's Jesus. He, he knows the plan. He knows what he has to do. He's know why he, he knows why he's come to the earth. And yet he's still on his knees says, If any way possible, take this, any way possible, take this cup from me. 
He's boldly asking. He's asking, saying, God, I know your will, but is there another way? And so we go and we talk to God and we ask him boldly for things. We petition him boldly. But then we also, number two, the Bible teaches us to petition God humbly when we pray. Humbly. And when, and when you look at each of these areas again, you go back to, to Genesis 27. Abraham spoke up again, again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes. Humbly. You, you, you move over to Paul. Verse 9, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Humble. He pleaded, he asked three times, boldly. But then when God said, nope, this is how it's going to be, humbly, he accepted that and says, I will boast in the Lord. I will boast in my weakness because it's the Lord that will carry me through. And even Jesus then says, take this cup. But he realizes this is the only way Jesus there in the garden says, not my will, but your will be done. So he submits humbly. They ask boldly, but they submit humbly and ask in a humble with a humble heart and so how do we do that how do we pray boldly and humbly at the same time and I would say this an attitude of thankfulness as we pray is what grounds our boldness with humility an attitude of thankfulness we should be thankful we should be thankful we've, we've said everything we have is a blessing from God everything we have and we should be thankful for those things. Thankful for what God has given us. And we are thankful because God is our sustainer. Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of our own poets have said, we are his offspring. We live and move in him. He is our sustainer. We are thankful because Jesus has saved us from our past sins. Even though 1 Timothy 1, Paul, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief and the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly. Hasn't he done that for all of us? And we are thankful because of his blessings. Philippians 4.19, And my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So we petition God with a thankful heart. We're, we're going to close today by petitioning God. We're going to close today by petitioning God. And um, we need to take time this morning and remember that, uh, that God desires that we trust him daily, day by day, day by day. But also remembering that he knows our needs. And again, he wants us to ask. He wants us to petition and we get to go before him boldly. But we also go before him humbly. And we do it with an attitude of thanksgiving. And so this morning we're going to close. We're going to take about 10 minutes and we're going to close with prayer. 
and then we'll go into a song to finish things up. And, I, and I'm going to say this. Maybe, maybe you sit where you're at and you petition God. Maybe you need to get with someone and share something, and, and they can petition God along with you. And so if you need to group up, I would encourage you to do that. Included in petitioning, I believe, is asking for healing and for prayer. So I'm going to ask our elders um, to come forward and to be up front. And we have some, we have some oil here. And uh, want to encourage and take opportunity to pray and anoint and pray for you guys if you need that. Um, if you need prayer for healing. And so I'm going to ask our elders that are here to come. And, uh, and, and if they need to come to you, then they'll be watching uh, for hands to come up and they can come and, and pray for you. But remember that in, in petitioning God, that we, how we started this whole thing, we, we started with worshiping him. So maybe before you petition this morning, you need to worship him first. But maybe before you petition, you need to take a moment and, and submit to his will first. But we also want to take opportunity. And if there's something that we need to petition him for this morning, that we do it.